Hi, you're listening to Group, a new podcast about mental health. This is the show for the overanalyzers. I got really insecure about our relationship, and he got really insecure about our relationship, and then I became pretty sure I was either having a cerebral event or an aortic rupture. The Warriors. Oh, he's running a little late. He got held up at work. Or maybe he's dead. Oh, God, he's dead! And the depressives. If I keep my body moving and my mind occupied at all times, I will avoid falling into a bottomless pit of despair. To the people who are certain that they're dying, we're here to tell you that it's probably just those beets you ate last night. All that is, ma'am, is just beets discoloring your stool. To the people who couldn't get out of bed this morning, we're here to encourage you to try again tomorrow. Do it! Just do it! Yes, you can! Our goal is to tell your stories, to make you laugh, and to give you an audio hug through your earbuds. I'm Becca. I'm an anxious person. I have been an anxious person for my entire life. I was formally diagnosed as an anxious person in 2009 with generalized anxiety disorder, or GAD. And I live in New York City, which is most likely the world capital of anxious people. Um, and I'm here with my friend, producer Ian, who also has a uh, pretty annoying brain. Yeah, and not like like a, a non-diagnosed anxious person, like like just just sort of, you know, run-of-the-mill But you anxious. got some other stuff going on there upstairs, oh, too, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Well, everyone does. Yeah. Everyone does. Everyone's messed up. Like a hint of depression, of <laughs> maybe yeah, a little more than a hint. I, I would say I, I probably lean more towards the more towards the depression than uh, anxiety. Um, you know, this is this is all stuff that I'm mostly WebMD diagnosing. Yeah. Uh, I have never done like actual therapy or, or anything along those lines. So it'll be interesting doing this show to see if maybe you want to try out some of the different things that we're talking about. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I'm actually much more likely to like sort of like DIY stuff. Yeah. I have a hang-up among many hang-ups um, about going to a therapist. Um, well, I have that part covered because I've had many a therapist in my life. Okay. <laughs> Uh, currently, just with the, the the one psychiatrist who I'm I'm pretty into, but yeah, I'm a huge proponent of therapy. Although it is very difficult, I think, to find like your therapist match. Yeah, and and like I I should I should make clear that like I don't think therapy is a bad idea. Yeah, I just I don't feel like it's something that would ever be for me. I don't know that it's off the table. It's certainly not something to which I'm inclined. Okay, well, I'm curious how you're going to like the, some of these uh, stories that we're going to be talking about, if it's going to make you potentially more inclined or less inclined. or Yeah, less. I'm curious too. Maybe, uh, maybe let's give me a couple episodes. I don't, okay. I don't think we're, we're going to – this brain we're of mine does not to. steer on a dime. Um, so – in the future, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of different folks' experiences with anxiety and depression and all of those, you know, other super fun disorders. Uh, but today, we're going to be focusing on arachnophobia uh, or spider phobia. The actual phobia, not the surprisingly good John Goodman movie. I would never see that movie. So that movie holds up. I remember watching it with, a, with my it? my kid brother when I was pretty little. It Terrified that? both of us. There is no way, I, I think, even, like, in my adult life that I would ever see that movie. Although I do love John Goodman. Oh, he's so good. I probably saw, I saw that. I don't know if I saw that before or – I probably saw that before I saw Evil Dead. But I also saw Evil Dead at, like – my dad delighted in showing me and my brother horror movies at, like, completely unreasonable ages. Okay. Um, so we, we very much grew up on, like – like slasher flicks and, yeah. and 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 all of this stuff way before like it's it's 
okay to yeah. show a child that. Were you psychologically damaged because you saw those movies at an early age? Like on one level, sure, probably. But I like, feel like so many people are like, um, I saw The Shining when I was six years old and it like scarred me for life when I saw the blood coming out of the elevator and now I can't go in elevators or I'm afraid of twins. <laughs> no, you know what? My mom always uh, – my mom uh, to this day claims that uh, one of the reasons that I'm sort of a strange person and maladjusted is that she read The Stand while she was pregnant with me. I doubt that had any effect. Well, I, you don't know, I, maybe her okay, like, will you tell her then? Yeah. Because I Although, have I have tried and she is having none of it. That is something that I would worry about. I feel like as a pregnant person is like, oh, God, like I'm ingesting this stuff and it's going into my brain and it's probably seeping into my child's brain somehow. Even just like when I'm in the proximity mm-hmm. of pregnant people, not even <laughs> who I'm close to, just like people I know are pregnant. I don't want to really worried about You're like, hard not to like, affect the fetus. Yeah, like how I might mess this up. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're in the future. We're going to be talking about lots of different uh, fun stuff. But today we're going to be talking about arachnophobia, not the John Goodman film. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my own fear of spiders, and we have a great example of how to not treat people with arachnophobia from my two younger brothers, Josh and Andrew. Oh and my we were gosh. like, the World Wide Web! And Rebecca would like, that even that would make her anxious. <laughs> we'll also hear from one unique dude who had pretty bad arachnophobia and then ended up trying to cure his arachnophobia through body art. It just kind of like made sense. I saw someone online who got you know, a spider tattoo to overcome their fear, and I'm like, that's really cool. And we will also hear from a group friendopist about how professionals treat arachnophobia. Putting a tattoo on somebody's arm, that's not, we don't have to, you don't have to go that far. But first, I feel like we should probably establish the difference between a fear and a phobia. So in order to get a clear answer, I went to speak with Dr. David Rossmarin, the founder and director of the Center for Anxiety in New York, which is where he regularly treats folks with arachnophobia. Fears are things that everybody has, and they're actually very adaptive and functional and healthy. A fear response occurs when a person's adrenal glands fire, and that creates a whole series of physiological responses in their body, which makes them better able to survive in a situation. You might have walked off of a curb in New York City and seen one of those MTA buses barreling towards you. So there's a fear response that you have in order to protect you to be able to get out of the way. And that's very healthy. We don't treat people for fear clinically because we want them to have some level of fear. What we don't want is phobias or other forms of anxiety. When a person develops a fear response, even though they shouldn't, be having that fear response there's no because there's no need to so i definitely had an unnecessary fear response growing up when it came to spiders <laughs> i i was constantly like checking for spiders wherever i would go whenever i would ride my bike i would check under the bike seat to make sure there weren't any spiders like hiding up in that hollow area right right uh-huh. the spider hole <laughs> the spider is the hole. is the the bike mechanic term for that <laughs> i believe correct term or you know i'd always like make sure to look through the spokes cuz we'd park the bikes in the garage which was like um you know spider central uh, before i'd get on any swings on the playground i would also like have to flip the swing over and like shake it out and but just like the 
what kind of swigger? Like just like the the black just plastic. Like basically, any place where I couldn't like where my was going to be physically touching it, and I couldn't see the entire surface of the space, I would like need to check the alternate surfaces in order to make sure that there was no spider like clinging to it. This is one of the things I've never gotten mm-hmm. about arachnophobia. Is just like. Do you run into spiders a lot? I don't see that many spiders. Yeah, well, I grew up in a rural area of Pennsylvania, which was, like, surrounded by woods. Like, I lived in a house that was— Spider hollow. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. This is starting to come together. Yeah, so there were spiders, like, all over the place. You know, especially, like, daddy long legs. I know those aren't technically spiders. No, but they're arachnids. We're grandfathering them in. So those were always, like, climbing up my legs when I'd be outside playing and, you know— uh, other kids would just brush them off, and I would cry. <laughs> and um, <laughs> crane flies—I know those are also not spiders, but those are terrifying, like flying daddy long legs. We had spiders in my basement growing up. They were just like all over the. It was basically like I lived in this like little nightmare land. I had a lovely childhood, <laughs> <laughs> except for this constant, constant arthropod torment. Interrupted it. My dad loved to take me camping, but that was always like I would never sleep because I would have, I was afraid that spiders would like crawl on my face at night. And Pretty then, reasonable. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're you're camping, you're out there, you're in like it's spider territory. It's their it's their world out there. Yeah, the last time one of the last times I went camping, I had mice just running over me all night long because we were we were just kind of roughing it. We weren't really like we weren't tent camping because we were backpacking around uh, Mount St. Helens. Uh huh. Um, and so we were just kind of sleeping under the stars and just mice just scurrying over me all night long. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was not great. Uh, yeah, that doesn't sound great, I, although it does sound better than, sp- it, than spiders. It's much better than spiders. I, I will say it's inf- mice running around you is infinitely better than spiders running around you. So, so do you have any phobias? I mean, I don't like. Or have had any phobias in your life? I, I used to be. I used to be more afraid of heights, and I still don't like heights. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't like like I'm not like hugely pro spider. If we were taking a vote, my, my vote would be like less spiders. Mm-hmm. But like I, I I can't say I've ever had like a phobia. But like of, if a spider like if there was a spider on the wall right there, would you be able to kill it? Yeah, I I mean I. I would be able to undertake that task. I don't know that, like... I, don't, I would need to get somebody to kill it for me. Okay. And I would, I would definitely, like, I don't... And then I would say we can't record in this room anymore. Right, because now it's a spider ghost. No, I don't know where its friends are. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Are you under the impression spiders have a lot of friends? I think they're fairly solitary They have a lot of beings. children. They, like, they're, they ma- the mamas, like, lay these egg sacs and, like, you know, millions of babies come out. So. Right, like Charlotte's Web. Yeah, exactly. Like the adorable ending to Charlotte's Web. <laughs> yeah, so reasons, I have made a list of the reasons why spiders are bad. <laughs> um, they have too many legs. Uh, they have too right, many co-signed. eyes. Too many eyes. Uh, they are insects with fur. Okay, they're not insects. But they they are very furry. Okay. They uh, lay egg sacs, you know, with the million gross spider babies. Okay. Yeah. Um, They can walk upside down. Okay. That's cool, though. Um, That's dope. But that means they could be, like, above you on the ceiling and you wouldn't even know it. You know, that means there are more places that you have to be looking for them. I wonder if that's if that plays into arachnophobia sort of writ large is the idea the the fact that spiders are sort of can be anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're I mean they can they can go into like tiny spaces. 
they have creepy, sticky homes um, that they make with their butts. And... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're not going to give them any, like, bonus points for making homes with their butts? (laughs) That is actually, I mean, I, that would be awesome if we could make homes with our butts, I I'm, guess. I'm saying I got, so much on rent. Res- I got mad respect for spiders on that front. <laughs> um, and uh, and some of them burrow. Ew. Some of them did, like dig holes. And they and they have fangs, which is, you know, what else has fangs? Bad things. Vampires have fangs. Um, Dogs have fangs. Uh, Cats have fangs. That's true. Fine. Um, some cool things have fangs. Okay, okay, okay. So actually, um, one of the things that bugs me most of that, like frightens me most, <laughs> bugs me. <laughs> um, one of the things that frightens me most about spiders is like the how erratic their movements are and like the legginess. And I just sort of like th- sit down and think for a while about uh, what I found most upsetting about spiders and like why I was afraid of them. And um, I, I sort of realized this. And then when I was doing research for this, I found out that there was this guy named Graham Davy at the City University of London who ran a study on arachnophobia. And it turns out from his findings that it's not so much the fear of being bitten that most people have, but actually the fear of like these these erratic movements and like the, the weird legginess that they have. It's like I used to watch old episodes of The Addams Family growing up. Oh, yeah. Great show. Um, yeah. And I loved it. But like actually – Oh, I know what you're gonna say. Oh yeah, the the hand yeah. thing thing. Yeah, I always I always get thing and it confused. Yeah, it is the uh, cousin. It is right. the hairy one. Yeah, um, but thing. Does thing have any like familiar relation, or is thing more of a pet? It doesn't seem like it's like integrated into the family in the same way as like the humanoids are. Right, because it because cousin it is a cousin, yeah, like, yeah, but like yeah, it seems like I, thing is more like a dog. I yeah, I feel like things more of a dog. But anyway, yeah, I always had to like turn away from the screen because it's like it, the hands, the way that the fingers moved, reminded me of like a spider, and it would freak me out. Oh yeah. Um, I was also thinking about the the pop culture. Uh, depictions of spiders that were, you know, my brain was sort of taking in when I was growing up and, you know, whether or not that like affected my, this is, this is all I'm, Ian and I are not mental health professionals, but I'm. I think that much has been made clear, but but it's a, it's a good, good uh, clarification to make. But I'm a big fan of like thinking about my own brain and like analyzing my own brain and also (laughs) self-diagnoses. I was I was wondering how you felt about um, these certain pop culture things that I feel like did influence me growing up. Yeah. So um, the first thing is uh, I wonder if you know about these creepy crawlers. Oh yeah, creepy crawlers were red. They were red. Yeah, they were oh. red. I because you had the it was it was uh, it was the easy bake oven for boys basically. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I didn't. Oh, God, that's so freaking gender normative. But it's, my, it's super gender normative, <laughs> but like like I. Mattel or Hasbro or whatever toy company was making these yeah. in like the early '90s was not like mad progressive or anything. <laughs> That's true. Like they they basically had like, There's hey, you boys know what? Like gross things. Girls like baking. Exactly. It's like the the and the engineering of the Easy Bake Oven and the Creepy Crawler Laboratory are one thousand percent exactly the same. Um, I, I think I did like, I liked the creepy crawlers when they were more toys, Mm -hmm. but later on the creepy crawlers sort of took a left turn and they turned them into like gummy Gummy food. Yeah. Yeah, So you were, you were all of a sudden cooking gummy food Uh and the, you know how you can tell the difference between. Wait, you would eat them? You would eat them. Yeah. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the, the first oh. ones were just like just like plastic and like, oh, now I have a, a, you know, like a plastic spider. But the later ones were like Creepy Crawler's Food Laboratory and now you can make like gummy spiders and gummy worms. And you know how you tell the, you can tell the difference between a plastic spider from a creepy crawler and a gummy spider from the creepy crawler? Mm-hmm. You absolutely cannot. That's how you can tell the difference. Um, okay, what about, I know what you're going to say about this, but uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man's so dope. <laughs> Spider-Man's the dopest. Spider-Man doesn't bother me now. Uh, God, I'm, a lot of people are not going to like this. But, yeah, growing up, I did not like Spider-Man. Um, uh, didn't like how sticky he was. Didn't like the story of, like, how he became Okay, Spider-Man, Spider-Man can stick to things. But Spider-Man, canonically speaking, is not a sticky superhero. Can't he? Like, he can crawl up walls and stuff like well, that. Well, yeah, but he just because you can stick to things doesn't – like, he can cr- climb up walls. But if you, like – throw a book at it. Spider-Man, mm-hmm. the book won't stick to him. I feel like yeah. you're casting aspersions on Peter I know, but Parker. That, okay. Um, I, I just, I don't like the image of him. Oh, although I, I'm sure it would be cool. You know, it would be cool to... Uh, okay, so it let's would be, table... But it, we come back to this problem where Spider-Man could be anywhere. Like, we, you could look up and Spider-Man could be in the room with but you. But also, like, I'm also a little bit nervous that that radioactive spider that bit him is, like, somehow... I don't know. Like, he has a little bit of spider in him. Really? Like, right? I mean, more than a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's Spider-Man. Yeah, he okay. is anyway. He is arguably, depending on how you take that declension, yeah. more spider than man. But uh, I would not, you know, ever. I don't, I don't think Spider-Man. Spider-Man and I could be friends, but, you know, I, I think we could have coffee across a table. And I, I See, don't I don't think you could be friends with Spider-Man. I think you could be friends with Peter Parker. Yeah, and then I true. think if you found out he was Spider-Man... I think you would stop picking up Peter Parker's That's calls. That's probably more realistic, yeah. I think you would. I think you would find out Peter Parker was Spider-Man and you would ghost on him. Uh, but I, th- I think there is something about this that I want to dive a little deeper into. Because okay. I think, like, liking Spider-Man is something that sort of primes you to – to be more receptive to like, oh, that's cool about spiders. Yeah, that's to true. like, like be like, oh, spiders are really strong for their size, and mm-hmm. they're really fast and agile, mm-hmm. and they can they can stick to things, and they they seem to have sort of a sixth sense about danger, and like, yeah. like it, it sort of puts you in a mind space yeah, and to appreciate what, like, what the spider's about. More women have arachnophobia than men, and I wonder if there is, like, some sort of cultural element that we're, like, teaching these young boys that, like, spiders are cool and girls that they're gross. Although, like, I, I feel like I've been afraid of spiders I'm, I don't since, like, my earliest memories, so... But I guess, you know, also, like, Society Man has been there my Yeah, whole life. but you know what? I think that's – it's interesting because I think that's something you could test at least a little bit because mm-hmm. um, there are there are now, like, canonically so many more female spider heroes. What? Really? Yeah, there's Silk. There's Spider-Gwen. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole host of, of spider women and spider but ladies. But are they, like, for – Young women reading it, or are they like super sexed up, like for teen uh, boys? You know what? They're actually getting uh, comics in general slowly, but Marvel in particular is yeah, getting, a lot, getting a lot is getting a lot better that about like representation. Young and, Muslim superhero lady. Yeah, yeah. and and and, and I, I think particularly some of these characters, like like Spider Gwen, particularly, mm-hmm. is more like for young gals. Okay, well, that's cool. So maybe we'll have a generation of of young women at some point who will be more comfortable, like, killing the bugs and and stuff like that. We could only hope. 
What about plastic Halloween spider rings? Uh, I have no opinion on those other than that they're like the second or third worst um, thing you can get in like a trick-or-treating bag. They're really terrible. Yes. Well, I agree. I think they are the worst because, you know, sometimes they'd like throw them in and then like um, then I, I would be like digging through my I, – I would ha- I would take a oh. pillowcase out because, I, I mean, like oh, I was yeah. a no. dick. <laughs> no, you, you had to take a – yeah. no, we, we – me and my brother went out with a yeah. pillowcase yeah, yeah, and yeah, with yeah. spare pillowcases. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And then we got real sick. But, yeah, I remember, like, digging my hand in to get some candy and, like, pulling it out. And there was, like, a spider and it's dark and it's, like. I can see how that would be the worst. Yeah, I loved Halloween, but that was always terrifying. There are, in fact, really great treatments out there for folks who do have issues with spiders that maybe little Rebecca and maybe big Rebecca <laughs> should have uh, should have like undertook. So now uh, we're going to go back to Dr. Ross Marin to hear how he treats patients who do have arachnophobia. Exposure therapy is a very simple and elegant treatment that is predicated on the, the principles and practices of behavior theory. So exposure therapy for anxiety disorders and phobias in particular is when we expose or allow a person to come into contact with a specific situation that they are afraid of in order that to give them an opportunity to engage with it and ultimately their anxiety comes down. There's really two main approaches. The one would be, I guess we would call it flooding where a person is immersed in their primary fear really right away. Um, and they do their best to stay in the situation and try to remain in it. And another is a more gradual approach where we would start with lower level fears and then basically move up over time. The latter is called systematic desensitization. Both of them have their utility and both are extremely effective. So for someone who has arachnophobia, we could, we, well, here in our clinic at the Center for Anxiety, we do both. We both use both flooding and systematic desensitization. Some patients want to get over their fears in one day or even half a day. We have a program here, uh, a single session treatment for, for specific phobias and for other forms of anxiety as well, which helps people to face their fears all at once on one very brave day. And it could be taking a short haul flight um, uh, or taking a long or a long haul flight, frankly, uh, that we work them up and help them get to the airport and get on that plane and off they go, either with us or without us, or you know, and that's one possibility. When it comes to arachnophobia, we would bring in our friend from Staten Island, um, Mike, who has a whole array of different forms of tarantulas, and uh, a patient would be encouraged, would be placed at the door, initially outside the door probably, and having them gradually move in and then look at the tarantula, um, move towards it, eventually have the tarantula crawling on them and, um, and making friends with that, with that animal. For systematic desensitization, we would take that approach and spread it out over a much longer period of time. We might at first look at pictures, then we'd look at videos, then we would have uh, videos which have sound to them potentially of uh, what are the, you know, sometimes uh, spiders can make little noises, chirping noises or whatever. 
the American Museum of History here in New York had a uh, exhibit on spiders. We took a lot of patients over to that exhibit and they got to see the spiders behind glass and also uh, videos of spiders and, and large blown up images of all sorts of different spiders on the walls, some of them which were really interesting and fascinating in fact. So that was uh, one another step. And then finally, after a period of however long, we would have them work up to working with Mike. I think this all goes to show that there's no there's no context in which the phrase, well, bring in my friend Mike from Staten Island is not bone chilling. Poor Mike's from Staten Island. <laughs> um, but like, I definitely think I could have used exposure therapy growing up. My, my brothers were like constantly tormenting me about my fear. Okay, but isn't that exposure therapy? No, I feel like the, the, I think Dr. Rossburn was telling me about like what he does when he's with patients. And it's very much like, are you okay now? Okay, we're going to move it up like a little bit. Okay, you're okay looking at that image. Stare at that image for a little bit longer. Okay, so now we're going to look at a video, you know. Okay, like, yeah. So this is, this is how no brother has talked to anyone in the history no, of time. No, yeah. But um, I do, I have to play for you a, a segment with my brothers, uh, which I recorded recently for you to get a good picture of just like how hellish they were capable of making my life. Um, and this is a segment that we're calling uh, Rebecca's Brothers Are Sometimes Assholes. And <laughs> this will, Wait, this is already a segment? I feel like this will be a reoccurring segment on the show. <laughs> um, uh, they're my younger brothers, Josh and Andy. Uh, both of them are sort of assholes in this segment. Uh, but Andy is the bigger asshole. So uh, you he's the first brother that you'll hear from. So, uh, so neither of you are afraid of spiders. Are you afraid of spiders like a little bit? I'm not afraid of them at all. Zero. I just saw a spider upstairs and it was on my towel and I brushed it off. And then I'd use the towel to dry myself off. Whoa, that's so wild. Cause you don't like like germs or other bugs or stuff like that. I don't that. think spiders are that gross. I think other bugs are a lot more they gross clear than spiders. Out all the other bugs. I mean, they're like yeah. This, they're like the janitors. I've had a part, I've had spiders in my apartment that I've just left alone. Yeah, same here. Within my there's room. like fruit flies. Yeah. I, mean, I kind of think they're like my friend. Like, they, they're the more who? scared of us, right? Was it the Who that said Boris the Spider? They had that song. Boris the Spider. Rebecca was even scared of the song. I remember yeah. on vacation, Rebecca got Boris angry at us. <laughs> yeah, because like <laughs> you were just like singing a song like that, and then Creepy. and then we saw thought, saw how far we could take it, and oh my we were gosh. like. The World Wide Web and Rebecca would like that. Even that would make her anxious. And then mom, then mom and dad would always get. No, it was mostly mom. Like you cannot tease your sister about. They didn't care about spiders. They thought they thought your fear was ridiculous, and they just didn't want us making you upset. <laughs> Do you remember a specific instance? I have this one memory of being in the car around Halloween time. And you guys both had those plastic Halloween spider rings, and you were like dancing your fingers i was in the middle of the car in the back seat and you guys were i actually remember that because that was so much fun doing that to you do you realize that <laughs> it was as if you were pointing guns at me and dancing the guns like along my leg. like that is how terrified i was like that is the level of terror that was going through me no we didn't realize that no. that's why we thought it was hilarious yeah well, I guess we just had no. We just didn't because we were just not afraid of spiders. It's just so, so, I guess so it far just from so our alien. understanding. So like, alien to us. Because like I'm like kind of like OCD, and so like I can sort of connect with how you think about that a little bit. But like it just seems so ridiculous because spiders like are so harmless. 
seemed like you're being a drama queen and it was funny to mm-hmm. tease you about it compared to how you were like 10 years ago how would you say you are now if you see a spider i'm i'm much better now if i if i see a spider but also like in this past year i feel like i've been so much more exposed to spiders mm-hmm. because i've been thinking them and i about them a lot more i've been thinking about arachnophobia a lot more i've been like looking at pictures of them and so i think that like mild exposure over this past year has like actually helped me a little bit it it, it doesn't leave me like paralyzed anymore do you want to see how you'll react no wait seriously andy andy <laughs> andy andy are you f- There's currently my brother brought a spider into this interview. No worries. And he put it in a paper cup and he just You're all right, bud. No part of this. I had no part of this. Did you know that was there, Josh? You knew it was there? <laughs> I told him. I told you him I was going to bring one. You You guys it was like a are... sign. I mean, like, I was in the shower, and a spider was on my towel, and I'm like, hey, Rebecca needs some exposure therapy. So I captured it. Did it work? <laughs> Did it work? Are you cured now, Rebecca? I'm not you cured fixed? now. You guys... I cured Rebecca. You're welcome. Okay. Um, this interview is over now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I think we can we can say that is not exposure therapy, but I think we should also say it's worth noting that is some top notch little brothering. That is some that is some like changed it at all. that is some one percentile little brothering. That is the er little brother. They're in their twenties. Like I don't understand. Well, they're always going to be little brothers. But, okay, I just want to make it clear, Andy Douglas is not a licensed professional. That is not how exposure therapy works. And I would not recommend surprising any of your arachnophobic friends with spiders. It will just make them want to stop talking to you and maybe punch you in the face. I should also make clear that Andy Douglas needs to clean his, needs to clean his room, bro. Spiders are not your janitors. If you have that many fruit flies that you're like, the spider will take care of, that is not how spiders work. Uh, so I, ju- I just want to say that there are variations of exposure therapy that could work well. Um, so not this. But, but not, not this. <laughs> this is just abuse. Yeah. But I spoke with uh, Justin Barker, who is a man in his mid-20s who grew up in a wooded area of Maryland where spiders were, you know, like where I grew up all over the place. Okay, like a, like a rural area. You grew up in a wooded area. Just beats the sound. Yeah, it's like a Casper Hauser. Like he was raised by wolves. He grew up in a gingerbread house. <laughs> um, he was brought up Orthodox evil witch. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but he got over his fear of spiders in a very unique way. He got a large, realistic spider tattoo on his forearm which we'll talk about his his reasoning behind that when when we get into this. But um, I began my interview with Justin by asking him to tell me what it felt like pre-tattoo when he encountered a spider.
you see a spider and you just freeze. You're just paralyzed. And rationally, there's part of you that's thinking like, all right, if I see something I don't like, I should run. But you just can't move. You can't get close to it. You can't move away from it. You just take like three times as long to process mm-hmm. things. And mm-hmm. it just kind of shuts your body down almost. Yeah. You know? it, I, it's almost like a, like being inebriated where you have like really bad judgment, really bad reaction time. It's just... You, yeah can't physically do anything so speaking of like in exposure therapy they they talk about your catastrophic belief like what you think when you're facing the thing that you're you know terrified of like what you think is gonna happen worst case scenario what's gonna happen well it's like uh spiders are so fast and nimble and strong for their size and so it's like all right if a spider falls on me it is so tiny, it could quickly just run up my sleeve under my shirt, and it would be the worst situation ever. If it mm-hmm. just finds a way to, like, hide under my clothing, on my body, like, just the fact that they're so small while having all these terrifying features, like, you would think that their size would make them less intimidating, but it, it it's like a something that you can't see, you know? It's like a, when you're walking through the ocean, the idea of, or, like, walking, you know, on the ocean, uh, like, on the beach. It's like, you don't know what's under the water. You don't know like what could be, you know, hitting your feet right now. It's just terrifying. Where did you get this idea for this, this tattoo then? How did that come about? So I was, you know, looking up ways to kind of overcome, you know, this arachnophobia. Um, so I was going through this really big like tattoo phase in about two years. I got about 20 tattoos. Yeah. You have a ton of them. Um, yeah. They go on like the chest and back and, uh, it just kind of like made sense. I saw someone online who got you know a spider tattoo to overcome their fear, and I'm like, that's really cool. So even though you were terrified of spiders, and you decided to get one on your skin to become a part of your body um, forever. I mean, it, it was kind of one of those things where like I knew once I got it, I would have to deal with it forever, mm-hmm. and. I think I just kind of like just took that plunge. So, uh, had you ever heard of exposure therapy before? Yeah, I mean, I had a you know I'd seen it before, um, mm-hmm. I'd heard of it, um, but it was never really something that you know I thought about doing myself. So, did you... I, I guess this is my own like personal exposure therapy. Yeah, that I did on my own terms over a very long time. But have you? Did you ever see like a professional? Like, no. yes, you, know, you never had like a talk to a therapist about your fear or whatever. I just personally don't like medical professionals <laughs> not not it, it's just like the the i don't know idea of like going to a doctor alone just kind of like makes me unsettled it really like that's one of my other like big anxieties mm-hmm. is like uh like appointment anxiety mm-hmm. um yeah. so i had never you know gone to see anyone about it it was something that you know i had always like internally dealt with how how did you feel immediately afterward when you saw it uh, so afterwards they put a bandage on it that I couldn't take off for like eight hours. So mm-hmm. it wasn't until the next morning that I really got to see it. Um, and at that point, you know, I slept on it. I'd spent, you know, the entire night thinking like, I have this new tattoo. This is what it is. So seeing it in my mind over and over again before actually like seeing it on here, I feel like was, I, know, I, I guess, a good way of going about it. Um, Did people treat you differently at all? Did you see like as a guy with a massive spider tattoo you know did so this is actually the first one i got below the elbow 
So it was the first like really visible one I ever got. So it was the first one everyone like saw when I was wearing you know short sleeves, and people like loved it. They thought it was so cool. And rarely did I have people ask like, "Oh, are are you afraid of spiders? Or are you not afraid of spiders?" A lot of people just took it and like appreciated it for its face value. And of course, you know, some people asked about it, and of course, I would go into the story, and you know, it would be a whole conversation about my fear of spiders and how it's part of me overcoming it. And you know, those conversations were always great because then actually talking about it, you know, helped with the process. Um, And I think that was kind of the plan. You know, I knew people would ask about it, and I knew it would give me an opportunity to talk about it and kind of verbalize and face my fears. Do you remember seeing like the first time you felt like, oh, this is sort of working? Um, like, did you see a spider at some point and you were less afraid? Or... Yeah, so I think, you know, um, one, of the things, one of the things I've always done when I've been trying to kill time over the years is I'll go to, like, a pet store. Like, if I'm waiting for a friend, they're going to be an hour, I'll go to the pet store right here and look at the kitties or look at the fish. Um, and eventually, you know, I found myself going over to the reptile, you know, area and looking at the tarantulas, too. And so I think... When I started to look at them and I felt a sense of like fascination instead of a, fen- or a, a sense of like intimidation or anxiety, I think that's when I really started to know that like, oh, this is like good progress for me. Um, and then when I actually got the tarantula, I think I, that was the point where I knew like, all right, I'm far enough into this. I, um, I can do this. Yeah, so surprise, uh, Justin not only got a tarantula tattoo, he actually bought a tarantula to go home with him and live with him in his dorm room. It was kind of like a spontaneous thing. Like, I got out of work one night. It was like a Friday. Um, I didn't really feel like going out, and I just... And it was a really small town, so I looked up the nearest pet store, which was like 45 minutes away in Delaware, and I walked around the pet store, and I saw the tarantula, and it just kind of clicked like... I can do this. And it wasn't until I was looking at it in the pet store that I thought, like, you know, I can get this and this can help me, like, overcome this fear. Like, I'm okay right now. I, you know, I don't see myself picking it up anytime soon, but I think if I were to get it, it could actually, you know, do something for me in the long run. And it did. I mean, it definitely took me a year and a half to get to the point where I would even touch it. You know, my friends are coming in, picking it up, petting it, playing with it. Who are these friends? <laughs> my very adventurous friends from college. Um, yeah, because, okay, so I feel like the spider tattoo must have done something to your, like, changed your brain somehow because, like, I I, I mean, p- people I know who are not afraid of tarantulas would, would never get a, you know, can even consider getting a pet tarantula. Because... I just saw the tarantula and for some reason it just clicked with me. Yeah. Like, I thought it would be okay. So tell me about, like, you're carrying this massive spider out to the car. Can you, like, feel it, like, in the cage? Like... So what they actually did was uh, the tarantula was probably the, you know, like, diameter of a baseball. And what they actually got was, like, um like a cottage cheese container, like a cream cheese container that was pretty much the exact size of the tarantula. They put it in that and put the lid on. And I was like, that has no room to move. Is it going to be okay? And they're like, oh yeah, it can survive like this for, you know, three weeks if it needs to. And that was just amazing to me. When I got home, you know, setting up the enclosure was fine. But when it came time to open up that container and get the tarantula out, I just, I, I couldn't. So I actually had to have a friend loosen the lid so that it was, you know, like not on there. Mm-hmm put the container in the enclosure and then take the lid off 
and then we watched for like an hour as the tarantula finally made its mm-hmm. way out into the enclosure. And then once it was out of there, my friend reached his hand in and grabbed the you know little container out. Yeah. So if not for my friend Rich, I would not have <clears throat> successfully made it through that night. So I feel like there are all these like nightmare type stories that you hear about like someone with a pet tarantula and it like escapes and it's like in the apartment building running around and yeah (laughs) so tarantulas i learned from watching mine are very slow Mm -hmm. very uh clumsy creatures they're not like nimble and agile like normal spiders so you weren't afraid that you were gonna go to sleep at night and then it was gonna like figure out a way to like squirm out of the oh no I, I made sure to have like five books at least on top of the <laughs> container like there was uh, on top of the cage there was no way it was getting like, out four like, books, I, I thought this far ahead <laughs> I left like enough holes for it to breathe but it was not unless it was you know stronger than me it wasn't getting out of mm-hmm. there and it, it, it took me many many months before I even took those books off and relied on the case or the enclosure doing what it was designed to do um, did you name it yes uh, I named it Limbo. You know that there are these like exposure therapy programs where you're, you know, you spend three hours with a doctor and they would bring the spider closer and closer to you and then like put it on your knee. And then at the uh, end of the session, you would be like, hypothetically, you would be okay and not afraid of spiders anymore. Do you ever, do you ever wish like when I was thinking about getting over this fear I, I should have just done one of those programs instead of... I, I, no. I feel like three hours is nowhere near yeah. enough time. One, to overcome a fear, or two, to... For me, three hours wouldn't be long enough for me to be in the same like room as a free spider running around. You know, I it would take me that long just to get acclimated to be it being in the room before I would let it get close to me. And... It, two weeks wouldn't be enough time for me to let it be on my body. So, I mean, I, I feel like my very drawn-out exposure therapy helped me just mainly because I feel like it's something I designed. And maybe not even, like, when I was fully conscious of what I was doing, I still, you know, made myself do it. And I, you know, like, reaped the benefit of it. So Ian, I decided that I wanted to like test how well his self-made exposure. I, I'm sorry to Dr. Rossmarin for for continuously calling his, this exposure therapy because I know he's really like <laughs> wincing and he's like that's not what it is. <laughs> but like grounded in the same like principles of exposing oneself to the thing that you're afraid of. But uh, I wanted to like see if you know. I mean, he's telling me that he's not afraid of spiders anymore. But I, I was I was curious to see his reaction. So I took him. So how many spiders did you throw at him? <laughs> so, yeah, I, did. I got him to feel safe and calm, and then I brought in this paper cup and I lifted it up, and I was like, "Are you cured now?" <laughs> Uh, no, I did not do that. I took him to a Petco in um, in New Jersey. So uh, here's us going to Petco. Entering Petco. Okay, let's go find the spiders. Okay, so um, so Justin. Um, you're obviously less afraid than I am because you are immediately like walking over and you're well having you know owned one for over a year it's kind of 
It's a fascination when they're contained. Oh my god. It's still a fear when they're wild, but so I see a uh, part of one sticking out right here. Yeah, I can see its butt. When I when I look from this angle, it looks like maybe it could be like uh, some sort of mammal because I just see fur. But um, then I see the the legs. So if you look here, it's like sitting up on the glass like this. It's got its fangs right here, the front legs up here. Sorry, I'm not being a very good uh, podcast host right now because I'm pretty freaked out. How are you feeling? Uh, not as nervous as I thought I would be, uh, but that can and will change if it comes out of the enclosure. You seem pretty freaking calm. I mean, you know, after owning one for so long, it's, you know, really the whole, like, fascination. I like looking at them now. I like learning about them. You know, I'll go on Wikipedia and, you know, learn everything about a tarantula. I just still won't touch one. Okay. And I don't think that'll ever change, honestly. You, but you, you had touched your... your, uh, I, your I had touched it, but never held it. Okay. And I, it took me a year and a year of seeing the same tarantula every day doing absolutely nothing to be comfortable enough with actually touching it. But a strange tarantula like this, who I've never even had dinner with, I don't think I could pick it up. Okay, so I still haven't really looked at it. So um, do you think I should go to the other side of the glass to actually yeah, look at it? I would, I would get the, the back view first before looking underneath. Because underneath can be a little... Wait, what? Yeah, get get like the, uh, the view of its back. Underneath can be a little what? Like, you see the fangs sticking out and like the abdomen and... The appendages. What? What do you mean? Appendages besides its its legs? Well, you know, like the uh, joints. Because they're very uh, naked compared to the rest of the hairy body. Okay, so I look over... Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, I, re I really don't like it. Uh, so open up the fangs and, like, or open up the fleshy nubs and very pointy, sharp, black little fangs are hiding in there. How do you know it's a, a lady spider? So male spiders, or male tarantulas, only live about six months. The females usually live between three and five years. So any tarantulas you see at a pet store are almost definitely females. So they have that extended life. See, the fact that it's female freaks me out even more because I imagine it, like, laying frickin', like, its egg sack. On your face in your sleep? Yeah, or, on my yeah. face in my sleep, or in my ear, and then baby tarantulas being born in my brain. I am actually slightly less freaked out than I was when I initially got here. Because the more you watch it and see that it, it does nothing, it makes you a little more calm, but... I'm slowly inching closer and closer. I can see its little fang things. Hmm. Okay, so the legs are upsetting, the fangs are upsetting. I know that it has eight freaking eyes, which freaks me out. So, yeah. like, can you see its eight eyes? They're, they're, like, almost dispersed. They have, like, four in the middle and, like, a square, and then the rest are kind of, like, yeah, oddly arranged. They're, the eyes are the most unsettling part to look at. Like, you can't look a tarantula in the eyes. It, like, intimidates you to your core. The, the under bit is also, like, upsetting for some reason. It looks like, I, I don't know, it just looks open. It looks like it has this like open gut yeah a, a the tarantulas have like these really biologically just unsettling features like i remember uh about a month after i got my tarantula i uh was on my way to class one morning and i looked in this enclosure and it was on its back legs up in the air like curled up and i was like 
oh no, my tarantula just died. I have to go to class. I'll deal with this when I get home. So I come home and I see uh, what looks like the tarantula in the same position, but then over in the corner is this like really fleshy pink ball. And I didn't know the tarantula was molted, but it broke its exoskeleton off, pulled itself out, and over the course of the day started building its new kind of or hardening its body to become its new like exoskeleton i just feel like i have pictures of it that's really cool the universe was like what is the nastiest creature we can possibly create yeah, well, I actually, I <laughs> what is the, the creature now. of like human nightmares the only thing that could make it scarier was if if we were like octopus size <laughs> wait should we ask the petco guy to open it open it up we're wondering if you can open this guy not take him out, but just open it for like a few seconds. Okay. Yeah. okay. Oh God. Can you? Can you? So it looks angry right now. I think I might have just been startled. Um. It's all open up now, but it's still not moving. I think I I think I want to I want to I want to close the yeah, thing. I, oh, it's moving. I, I think it wasn't moving just because it was startled and it wanted to absorb its surroundings. Now it's investigating. The way it moves reminds me of, of that hand from the Adams family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very creepy, very um, precise in its movements. Okay. All right. We can close. We can close it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Let's let's blow this pop stand. Okay. I wanted. I want to ask something here mm-hmm. since you brought it up in that tape. Mm-hmm. What are your feelings on octopuses? I I actually used to be pretty afraid of because they they have a lot of features that you're that you're talking about yeah, I don't like the way the they move I, I I I don't like the way they look I would I've never eaten octopus or oh it's delicious yeah I don't think I I don't think I could do I, I've eaten calamari before but never the ones that like look like squid you know like mm-hmm. I can't really mentally wrap my brain around that but um yeah uh, octopuses they uh, although I do know that they're like very smart which they like, are yeah. they are I always I always feel bad because octopus is like like grilled octopus is one of my favorite dishes it's absolutely delicious but like they're they're like they're like cat or pig smart yeah. they're like yeah. pretty much they're like very smart animals but like also I don't have any qualms about eating pigs so like <laughs> well I do not eat pigs or or octopuses octopi would you eat a spider <laughs> That's if so it was I, so if funny. it was prepared like in no. a way that you couldn't identify it as a spider, never ever eat a spider. No, no. Okay. Like, the thought of it like digesting inside of my body and like my body absorbing it and like using it as nutrition. No, I don't want it to like become a part of me. No. <laughs> so so what did you think of the way that Justin approached his self treatment? I'm not one to like argue with results. Mm. Um, it does seem like he is definitely less afraid now, although he can't touch them. I'd be interested to like compare. Could you touch one? Could you huh? touch a tarantula and like be okay? Yeah. Really? Oh, I don't. Okay. I don't like it. But you would like, like not. It would not like totally ruin your day. I'd be. I'd be interested to to like compare 
the the results that he had to like the results of of the one of Dr. Rose. Yeah, so he, Dr. He was saying that like basically you go through exposure therapy and then you're like you're not you're not afraid of the thing anymore. Um, and he he said you know occasionally people will come in to do checkup. Yeah, get a little get a little tune up. Yeah, get yeah. a little tune up. But basically, like he says, there's no reason after you do this that you shouldn't be afraid anymore. But actually, I asked him what he thought about Justin's technique. I guess in theory, having more exposure to that which you're afraid of will help reduce your fear. But putting a tattoo on somebody's arm, that's not, we don't have to, you don't have to go that far. Typically having simply exposure to the animal and being able to move on is enough. He also mentioned that if you have a real phobia that you want to get rid of, that DIY exposure therapy can be a risky option, but that it can, you know, it can work with some people um, who are like very aware of their phobias. Generally speaking, a, a person could, in theory, overcome their fears by facing them, but it's often inefficient. I've seen this before. A patient came in, had a fear of heights. And they were going up and down elevators. And they said, why isn't my fear of heights going away? And what we identified is that for their, their core fear was associated with a fear of them actually jumping, which meant that, and they were not suicidal. <laughs> we, of course, we screened for that. They definitely wanted to live. They had no history of impulsivity. But they needed to be in a place that was uncovered. And they, they weren't really fully aware of that until we had a simple meeting with them that required some sort of a professional intervention. So it was pretty inefficient for, of that person and also frustrating. And if it's not working, then not having a professional present, you don't know. Um, but in theory, if a person really knows themselves and gets it right, then they could. There's another risk, which is that people start to engage in the f- exposure and then they pull back and then they don't end up, they, that could actually make an ex- fear a phobia worse. If a person starts to engage in exposure therapy and then they pull back, that can perpetuate and exacerbate their fears. So when a person starts treatment with a professional, we really want them to, to, to continue and developing a relationship with them and pulling them in through different methods and through just connecting with them is a huge part of the treatment that you wouldn't get on your own. And that, that's one of the things that, that struck me about um, the way that Justin was kind of treating himself and, and, and that I found sort of, sort of dubious or, or, or maybe not dubious, that I found questionable. Um, is is that at any at any point it seems like he could have been like bitten by this spider or something or and it could have been the tarantula it, yeah and, and and that it seems like there's the potential to take such a huge step back there yeah Dr Rossman also said that like m- maybe someone's fear is being bit by a spider so he'll show them like he said he's had his own finger in a bunch of tarantula mouths and they he's never been bitten and also like tarantulas aren't gonna bite you and then like you're going to die. There is like a small level of poison, but he's never been bitten, even though he's had his like finger in tarantula mouths. I think that was something he like pictured for himself when he was in like, like in getting his, in, in med school, like getting his degree in psychiatry. Like, yeah, I'm going to help a lot of people. I'm going to put my finger in a lot of spider mouths. <laughs> like, like as many as you'd think. He, um, uh, it seemed like he was like, yeah, it's really neat. And I was like, you really like this? <laughs> if you have this, like, guide, this, like, spider spirit guide who is, like, helping you to get through it, it seems like maybe I think Spider-Man has one of those. I think it's a Z-Heel in the comic books. Yeah. So I, I also, before we end, I have, to tell, I have to play one more bit of tape from him about just, like, anxiety disorders as a whole, not just related to arachnophobia, but I thought we could end with this. 
Anxiety disorders plague 18.1% of the population in the United States every year. We're talking about more than 60 million people. And it's such a shame because people do not have to live anxious lives. Um, exposure therapy is something we use routinely in our clinic here to treat an array of anxiety disorders with great effects. And those effects are long lasting. Sometimes people have to come for booster sessions and they have to continue to engage with the strategies that we have. But there's really no reason why we have to be such an anxious nation. So, because we do have the technologies which are very simple and behavioral and don't even involve pharmacology. They don't involve medications in order to live happier and less anxious lives. Okay, so first, can you believe that 18.1% stat? That seems really low. He, well, he, <laughs> that seems really, I don't know if it's just like... like American, well, he also said that it's out of date and it's like from four years ago from the National Institute of Mental Health and that is probably closer to 20 now. And in New York, he thinks it's 25, which I think is what, like, I, that does, that seems actually high, like, one in, in four the, people. Yeah, I think 18.1 seems really low. And that That's may just be, the, no, you know, disorders, confirmation though, bias. Like anxiety or, disorders. Okay. That probably sounds about right. Yeah, then. not just like anxious people, but somebody who has a disorder. Like, and then also what's interesting, so I've never done exposure therapy before. I've done um, cognitive behavioral therapy and I've done talk therapy for myself. I'm sort of interested to try this because, you know, I take, um, I take uh, Effexor for my anxiety, but he's saying that this exposure therapy, therapy doesn't involve pharmacology, which is a lot of people are worried about going to a psychiatrist because they're afraid that they're going to put them on meds. But like, if you do this, maybe you don't have to take medication and then there, there's a process to get better. I'm super curious what the like, what the prop box looks like. <laughs> Arachnophobia is not the only phobia they're treating here, right? Yeah, no, they treat a bunch of different phobias. And I also asked... Right, which means they have, like, props for treating a bunch of different phobias with well, exposure. I, think, I don't think they have, like, a box in... I think it's, like, specialized for don't each individual. <laughs> don't ruin my dream. Like, if you're afraid of flying, then they'll actually, like, fly in a plane with you, you know? Uh, or if, if you're afraid of carrots, I guess they'll go to a supermarket and get a carrot. All right. <laughs> Un until you can confirm they don't have, like, a, a like, high school high school uh, theater program style prop closet. <laughs> like an entire room filled yeah. with, like, lots of scary things. I choose to believe that that exists. The things that I'm afraid of, besides spiders, um, aren't really tangible. You know, like, I'm fe afraid of failure and mediocrity and things like that. <laughs> And he was like, oh, actually, there are forms of exposure therapy that would work for you, you know, like, if you're afraid. Um, uh, who's the poor bastard who's like the, the like, oh, we're just going to expose you to mediocre Ted. It's <laughs> not so bad. <laughs> well, he was like, for, for failure, we might have you uh, do something where people witness you fail, which, like, sounds so scary to me. Um, or and like also, my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Maybe it's something that I might try at some point, but right now I feel like safe st sticking with my, like talking to my psychiatrist and taking my pills. That's it for our show today, but you can check out our next month's episode on nervous habits. Ian, do you have any 
nervous habits. I'm biting my nails already. I've been biting my nails actually through this entire episode. I've been just muting the microphone. My, mine are like a little bit bloody right yeah, now. Yeah, do you bite? Okay, yeah, we yeah. both bite our cuticles well, I don't bite, too. I, I rip my cuticles. Okay. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. We're not Group Therapy Radio. That is another podcast. There are no segments about Douglas Brothers being assholes there. Uh, you can also check out Ian's uh, other podcast that he has on animals, Menagerie. Uh, you can find that also on uh, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on the, the Podcatcher app of your choice. And uh, you have not yet done an episode on spiders, I'm guessing. I have not, but there's one coming up on um, giant stick bugs. Wow. I'm not afraid of those. Those sound cool. Are you sure? I don't have know. You seen Should one? I be afraid? They're like of them? as big as your forearm. Things with six legs don't usually bug me as much as the eight legged things. I also want to thank. Alana Harper and Andrew Potozak for their help on the show. Thanks especially to Alana for trekking with me to Petco in New Jersey to help me record. We'll see you next time to talk more about beautiful, unique, super annoying brains. Thanks for joining us, everybody. 